Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week, we are kicking off Game Night Month by rolling a natural 20 to review the new film Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called What Marvel Thinks It Is. Mm, This movie has cast magical spells across all audiences, and we were no exception, even comparing it to Jumanji and Guardians of the Galaxy. We may have even tucked ourselves into doing a so many sequels D&D campaign. So if you're a dungeon master and you got some creative ideas for us, just uh, reach out. Let us know. We've got all that and more for the first game night movie month, whatever, here on so many sequels. Uh, find us online at so many Follow us on our social channels. You can get links there. And of course, subscribe to the show in your podcasting app. Without any further ado, enjoy the show. accidentally leave something there so that i can then have a reason to come back again you know there's always a reason to come back right well not you don't need a reason either you can just show up i don't care i've done that before i've just shown up at places and uh it's always a surprise well that's how it used to be you know before phones and internet and all that you just showed up to someone's house you know they were there i think for a while no one wants to answer the door when no, you guys remember look- when you were a kid and you had to go knock on your friend's door and it was yeah. terrifying because their parent might answer? Might answer. Uh, Hi, you know, is you Jimmy home? You I were hoping that Jimmy. You had to. You just. You had to ask if they were home. You weren't. You never actually really be sure unless you called ahead, which sometimes right. you did. You call ahead and you go, "Hey, you gonna be over? I'm gonna come by," you know, and then you ride your bike down there. Yeah, but that's a whole other thing. Always you call away. ahead and you gotta talk to the parent on the phone. Oh, see now. That's true. Now, you guys may or may not. You guys have come to my house before, but yeah. it hasn't been that, been that many times. You no, may have not noticed. very many, but I have a I, I think deep down I have a irrational fear of the door knocking because oftentimes I will when I know if someone's coming over and I did this as a kid, too. I would rather be outside already and meet them than then them knock on the door and me have to come open the door for them. And so sometimes as an adult, I would just, when I know they're coming and I know they have to be pretty close, it's like they texted me 20 minutes ago and I go to Google map how long it is from their place to mine. And I go and I watch the window. And I'm like, okay, they're going to be here. And as soon as I see their car wake, pull up, I wait and I like count like a certain amount of beats. And then I just open the door well, you ready. Like, Hey, them. look who's here. You know what I mean? Wow. You, you'd rather get it. You'd rather open it before they get there than let yeah. them knock. No knocking, no doorbell. So it's the right? knock just, that bothers you somehow. I don't know if it's the knocking or the doorbell, but either way, well, sure. I, 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 uh, I, I, it's like a, I can't help myself. I'd rather, I'd, I hate being surprised. I guess even when I know it's coming. I don't know, hmm. I don't even know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So, haven't watched anything else though recently. <laughs> No, I was even trying to think that I was even trying to like think like oh, let me go back the whole week and I I've not watched anything uh prudent yeah. to this podcast no i haven't really either i did watch uh i kind of half watched um hall pass the other night oh that uh, movie with uh jason sudeikis and Owen oh Winston. sudeikis i thought was, yes. i thought it was gonna be bateman it wasn't great 
So I this don't, is a I don't premise. Of, premise of this is that the idea of having like a celebrity crush or somebody like that, and if you were ever even remotely in a chance to be with them, your wife or your significant other might give you a pass to be with that person, right? Essentially, yes. Uh, I found it a little dumber than that. It, it's it's more like, um, yeah, they have this talk about that concept of the hall pass, uh, but it's a lot more broad uh, where it's not just like one celebrity. Uh, and then it just kind of turns into they just want to sleep with someone else. Yeah. And and long story short, their wives overhear it and somehow uh, let them. Interesting. Mm. They give them well, a, a, a Jennifer Fisher is like a, the wives. Yeah. Uh, and gives and this, and they agree to give them a one week call pass. Uh, now, was it done in kind of a way that was like, this isn't going to happen. They're never they gonna. They're never gonna get not laid. Gonna, is this not, not gonna find anybody? So like, let them let them try and just make them feel bad. Like, uh, you, know, you know, that yeah, would be at been, least kind of funny. That may have been a little at play. There is that that does come into play where like they also just can't seem to uh, get anyone, even if they even when they have permission. But um, they just they're just so bad at it that they fail. And and along the way, they discover that they do love their wives and they don't want to have a hall pass after all. Of course. Well, <laughs> so everyone has a happy ending and no one gets the, cheated on. I come to that realization. You know, every, I know. You have everybody to talks week. about uh, Sudeikis' Ted Lasso, but you go back and watch early Sudeikis anything and he is a slime Bad ball. In a lot Bad of things, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he can't go back to doing that. Hey, I stand by this though. I put this on uh what is the name of that other app, Mastodon or something like that. Mm. I uh I said I think I think Jason Sudeikis has a chance at an Academy Award in his future, you know, acting Someday. or otherwise. Acting or otherwise. I think that he's got the uh the ability and the, the desire um to go for believe. that kind of thing. Hmm? Believe. Tap I believe and believe. I believe and believe. Uh has everyone started watching the new season? I have. Good. Have. No. Good. Oh, well, so far. Yeah. We're behind. Minute, so no spoilers. Uh, but I've enjoyed it too. Yeah, I've yeah. Start, I, I'm behind an episode, I think. But the premiere was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm caught up. But I'm in. I'm. I'm enjoying myself so far. You know, I'm in. Come to terms with you know what might be the last season of Ted Lasso. So I'm just kind of you know, you know enjoying I, it for what it is. This is not a Ted Lasso podcast. But while we're on the subject. Uh, I feel like they're being so careful with how they talk about this being the final season of Ted Lasso. Like, mm-hmm. they'll call it the end of a story, but they won't necessarily say it's the last season. And they also won't say, like, that there will be more either. Mm-hmm. But they, I saw the other day Bill Lawrence, the one of the co-creators, was very quick to correct someone online uh, that it. no one said it's all over. <laughs> But that also, this was the la- I don't know last season. It's very it's very sneaky. So I believe there's something, maybe a, maybe a spinoff of sorts. Maybe a spinoff. I mean, I yeah, it is very interesting because like they're all making a ton of money now. Off what if this Ted? Thing. What if Ted goes back home? Goes back home. Mm-hmm. What if they put they shift the focus to different characters and Ted yeah. becomes a supporting character or something yeah. like that? Do we do we see a new coach for AFC Richmond? Mm-hmm. And then it's not Ted Lasso anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. Becomes Nate Fisher. <laughs> we'll see what, what happens. Name? Is that his last name? Fisher? Is it? 
Who? Nate? I don't know. Nate. Nate's last name. I think oh, it really might be Fisher. Fisher. You might be I right. I don't remember. Man, though, that guy is so good at being hateable. I tell you what, he, uh, I make the same joke every time, which is, uh, whenever, whenever he's being, uh, like a, a dirt bag again, yeah. I'm like, you think we hate him now? Wait till he wins us over again. Cause that's what Ted says about himself uh, in relation to Roy. Cause Roy really hates him. And he like, Roy thinks he hates us now. Wait till we win him over. Yeah. So <laughs> I know that's, what's going to happen is they're just going to win me back. Probably. I'm just, I'm just anticipating it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but otherwise, not, nothing much else going on this weekend except for watching our big movie of the week and getting ready to start. I don't know what we're calling it, but for lack of a better name, Game Night. April. Yeah, maybe it's just Game Night Month. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's just Game uh, Night Month. <laughs> the get the twenty sided die, boys. I honestly looked at a lot of different. Like, die. How many sides? How many sides, Josh? You know. uh, well, there's hmm, that's a that's a complicated question. Uh, the, the 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 general is a is a is a d twenty. So yeah, twenty sided die. Uh, they can go up to like a d one hundred, uh, but that's and that's basically a ball at that point. <laughs> yeah, but they do. There is a d one hundred. I saw there's a guy on TikTok who uh, his whole thing is he rolls a D100 and and you put in your number and he'll roll it. And if you know, you get his, if you get, if you get the right number, he'll do something. I don't know what the gift is, but he'll do something. Have you seen the roll for sandwich guy? I think I've seen that too. So this guy uh, does a Dungeons and Dragons themed uh, sandwich recipe, sandwich cooking show where he rolls the die for in, for the ingredients and he will make the sandwich that the dice tell him to make and then review it. Mm. It's very fun. Could be fun. Could be catastrophic. Could be both. Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, so if you haven't guessed by now or from the title of the episode, we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons this week. Uh, Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. This is, um, I, I guess, what is it, the second attempt at a movie? I think yes. The first one was in Technically, you could say the fourth, but yes, the second. Oh. Second real attempt. I don't know much about the film adaptations of it, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the latest attempt at bringing Dungeons and Dragons to the big screen. D&D has uh, long been a popular role-playing game uh, that kind of kicked off uh, cult status in the 80s and has kind of had a resurgence lately with things like Stranger Things uh, and now this movie. Yeah, Incredible and, Role uh, and the, all those things. The community episodes uh, that had D&D themes, I think, also brought it um, into people's attention. So D&D is on a lot of people's minds. Uh, I started playing it uh, when the pandemic hit with some out-of-state friends. We we played it on Zoom. So that's kind of my history with it. I'm not an expert by any means, so I won't claim to be. Mm-hmm. But I will attempt to play the role of the the D&D player in this review. Uh, you are the dungeon it. master. I've never He's been a dungeon good. master. So anyone who's <laughs> listening, who has been, uh, could probably run circles around me and will think I'm stupid for even acting like I've played. Uh, yeah. But so, uh, so let me be very clear. I don't really know that much. Uh, but with that said, do, do either of you have any history with D and D, um, at all, I guess. Uh, no real history for me. Um, uh, I think I've told you before, Josh, that uh, I, I don't play D&D, and I'm honestly afraid of the person I would become if I played D&D, knowing myself, because um, I feel like I would get way too into it, and uh, probably uh, either be a lot of fun to play with or no fun to play with, I don't know. 
Um, but I would get lost in it. I know I would because it's like it's all of my favorite types of things. So, um, but I've never played, never been invited. I would play if if I were invited. I think um, I'm curious. I'm a little I'm a little de curious. D and D. Yes. Um, but uh, I have no I have nothing against it. So like you know, there's 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 that. I'm very I'm very open. Um, the only thing I really have ever done is that my brother likes playing it. And he showed me this um, app or site or something like that, that it's called like Hero Forge or something where you can build your own little model heroes and then you can have them 3D printed, I guess, into mm. figures or something. And so uh, I got that just to mess with him and make really grotesque monsters. That's uh, fun. And uh, so that I've, I don't think I, I think I uninstalled the app not long ago, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the closest I've done is just making uh, bug people and sending them to them. Okay, what about you, Garrett? No, I'm similar to David. I'm also a little afraid of it. Um, I feel like I'll either really like it or I won't like it at all. It'll go one of two ways. Um, and, and and I'm afraid that if I really like it, then it's going to be a thing. Because I really like strategy board right. games. Well, like a, lot of the, a lot of the board games that I get, people don't like because they're a little too direction heavy. I'll put mm-hmm. it in a, in, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a friendly way. Yes, and, there's, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of reading involved. Yes, there's oftentimes a lot of reading and a lot of confusion that happens during the direction process, mm-hmm. including me, who is usually the one reading the direction. So so I feel like this role-playing strategic kind of a game is right up my alley, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm too afraid of it because I feel like it takes too much time. I played for a really long time with some of our Discord members uh, a board game. We would go out to a local game shop here in Tulsa and play some board games, and there was a group that was sit at the table behind us and they were big D&D players. I mean, they were there consistently. They had a book like of stuff of however long they like an actual book they've been writing. So they were very serious um, and it was very impressive the dedication that they had to what they were doing. So I know that people who are really into it are either really involved or very casual. I would like to fall in the more casual camp where I to do it. Uh, I think that that is the more fun way to just kind of mess around and do it like kind of like, uh, you know, an RPG video game where you just roam around and do random quests for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. what I want my D&D experience to be. Yeah, I find it also to be more enjoyable when you kind of uh, allow for imagination to really run free, even within the confines of the world, because it's it is there. there It's still fairly easy to allow uh players to make their own choices even if they're kind of crazy and still adhere to the rules of the world that are laid out in the books mm-hmm. uh but that you know that's the kind of thing that requires a good dungeon master uh which is you know the leader of sorts of the game or the group um they typically take on the role of a narrator slash every npc if, to put it in video game terms um okay okay I, what i'm hearing as i think we need to do with so many sequels, D and D campaign uh, on like Twitch or something. Oh yeah, that'd be ah, good. that we should be enjoyable. We should do right? all the games that we play or that right? we uh, review this uh, this month. We can we can have you guys break in your first time playing D and D on on a live stream. That sounds like a fun. I, I think we I think I'd we should that. look into this. I'd do that. I think it could be make fine. a note. Because you're right. If you're both right. I think that you would both get sucked into it uh, based on what I know about, about you guys. Uh, David for sure would get heavy into like building out his character uh, 
and and like I can see writing a whole backstory to him. Yeah. Here's my backstory uh, yeah, that doesn't get used. Garrett, I think you would get super into the rules of ma- the magic and uh, creatures and shit like that. So it's a lot. It can be a lot, uh, but it's really yeah. cool. So I don't know anything about the 2000 movie other than people didn't like it. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. Marlon Wayans is in it. Marlon Wayans is in it. That's you could, surprising. You could, you could tell what caught both mine and Garrett's eyes. Very different actors stood out to us. Yeah. Who was Marlon Marlon I, said, I said Jeremy Irons. And he went, oh. Marlon Wayans. And I went, oh, man. Marlon Wayans. We both got, we both for me, got, for we got me, geeked about different that, things. For me, that makes more sense than Jeremy Irons being in it. Right. Jeremy Irons sounds like he probably would. You know, it's, it, that's, that fits. <laughs> um, this movie does not have uh, Jeremy Irons. Or Marlon Wayans. But it does star Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Regé Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, uh, and Hugh Grant, and Chloe Coleman, which is a pretty great cast. There's also a cameo that I don't want to talk about yet. Um, we'll save that for the end of the show. Uh, we'll, uh, was, there'll be spoilers. Let's yeah, spoilers soon. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk spoilers in this in this episode. Um Great cast. I I was really excited about it when I saw the cast, especially when you got Chris Pine leading it, who I think is low-key the most underrated Chris. Uh, I think at times he's the top one, but people don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying, he's a great Chris. Very unproblematic. Very, yeah. un- very entertaining. Un- underrated so far. Chris. You know, and I think that's just because he well we can get into it later but he himself it's not his fault he just kind of got on the star trek train and he hadn't really done anything else that has really stood out since mm. that's true Until that's this. fair that's fair um so uh, michelle rodriguez um chris pine reggie john page and, er, and, and justice smith kind of played the 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 group that would be playing in the campaign if you were to like assign it to the real world version of the game mm-hmm. with, with Chris Pine kind of acting as the leader there. And just to give a quick little idea of what the story is, um, Chris Pine's character along with Michelle Rodriguez were imprisoned after being caught thieving. Um, he was separated from his daughter for all that time. And uh, his goal is to ultimately get her back, which is a pretty, I think standard concept for a D campaign too so that was nice uh what'd you guys think of the story overall you know i thought it was really smart to frame it the way they did um because it has that sort of i think the directors even said this it has that kind of heist movie feel where you know you have a very clear goal you know what you got to do right and then you work on building the team and by building the team you introduce the characters which allows you to cut through a lot of like heavy exposition because you can just show you know like a basically a small highlight reel of what they do and be like this is the guy we want right um and i thought that the uh even though the uh one like i don't know if you would really call this a twist but you know the the a pretty a pretty early reveal is that you know hugh grant is not who he says he is right um it didn't necessarily come across as i don't know if that was supposed to be like Oh, wow. Shocking. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, I kind of expected that. But anyway, um, I thought that it it had a good flow. I thought that all the characters stood out in their own way. Um, and I was really satisfied with the ending. So, you know, the story, I thought 
really good. I, I don't, yeah, if it fits a D&D campaign pretty well, then I'm happy to hear that. As a as a non-player, I found it really easy to follow. I never really thought at any moment, wow, I w- wish I understood what they're talking about. There was, you could ba- pick up through context clues a lot of what they were talking about. Like you didn't need to know what, where, what Neverwinter is, or well, I may have got the name wrong there, or what, you know what I mean? These places, the yeah, games, but, whatever they are. Right. What about you, Garrett? What did you think of the story? Yeah, I really enjoyed everything from start to finish as well. It gave me very, uh, when they were building in the team, and once you got to get to know them and kind of feel them, if it gave me very Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. Mm. Um, they, it, it kind of seems like a little bit of a hodgepodge of people. They're connect- they do a good job of connecting them and making them not feel as thrown together as they could. Um, but they are still just different because of their characters, literally, uh, what they can do their abilities, all of that stuff. Um, and, and, and really the, their chemistry felt very Guardians-esque. They, all of them were really good. And I wanted to call out uh, Chloe Coleman because she was also in 65, which you can go back and listen to, but the overall review of that she movie had, is it bad. It I bad. can't believe I didn't notice she, that that she, was I think she, and, she had space cancer. Well, yeah, she had space cancer. She was in the flashbacks. You know, th- this movie does a good job uh, oh, no. do, uh, telling you some backstory and making you feel some connection and emotion for that. Like it served a purpose. Um, it felt like it, it added to the character and you again, go back to 65 and Chloe Coleman is in those flashbacks and I gotta be real. I'm sorry. I know she's, she hasn't been in a ton of stuff, but she's bad. And, and it was just because the movie was bad. But mm-hmm. in this, she's really good, and she does a good job of giving that, and that's the contrast there. And so that's not her; it's the movie at that point mm-hmm. in time. Um, so it was really interesting to see her in this because at first I was like, "Oh no," but she was really good, and she, I didn't even recognize she, her. So that's yeah, yeah she yeah. fit in so well with everyone, and they all had their moments to shine. Chris Pine, wonderful, charming. He is the actual Prince Charming. I mean, uh, you know. He is Prince Charming to Chris as Chris is to uh, Thor. Yeah, he, he's great in that role in uh, Into the Woods, the, the film adaptation. Yes. Yeah. But even in this, he still he may not be acting as a Prince Charming, but he looks like a Prince he's got, Charming. He's just he, got, he's got, the he's look, got right? all the look. He's yeah. got the look. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez was great. I mean, truly, every single person was built Not, well, and their character was played out, and and really, just they all hit a home run for their characters. Not yeah. a weak link. Mm-mm. No. Did anyone have a favorite character? You know, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Reggie Jean Page as okay. uh, as Zank. Okay. Actually, I think he he tickled me, um, and I found I don't know. He just his his complete deadpan but like the 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 gravitas with which he said every line was just so funny to me um and also his interplay with the other characters because some of the characters very much um that sort of sardonic like uh over it kind of character like justice smith is a little bit over it right that he's a part of this whole thing right and his uh his his dynamic and then also chris pine's dynamic with him where chris pine's like i'm i'm the leader and then this uh zank character is very much a much better leader than he probably would be right so it's uh i found that very i I, so i'm gonna go with him for now and i may change by the end of the review okay okay i like justice smith's because he is exactly how i would play that kind of a sorcerer (laughs) character too i mean like 
just using it to just kind of get around, get around. I wouldn't necessarily be robbing people, but I would be using my magic to my advantage in ways <laughs> that are convenient for me. I do not want to rake the leaves, magic a rake, and they will go rake the leaves. Like that's the kind of sorcery that I want. I don't really want much more than that, even though there, you know, you, you could, you, there could probably be a little bit more and he eventually finds that. But I, I just really thought he was quite hilarious and mm-hmm. provided such good comic relief whenever he got a chance to shine. Yeah, uh, Justice Smith's Simon the Sorcerer was my favorite character as well. Uh, I also play, I I play as a wizard uh, in my campaign. So a lot of his stuff was very relatable. Uh, I have played in that way a time where you just kind of use magic to just get through, (laughs) get through a room. Yeah, you're just like, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. And the great thing about this movie is, uh, if they messed up or if things didn't make sense, you can always blame it on a bad role, you know? Right. Exactly. They that was one there. my favorite of the more obvious call outs or Easter eggs was, uh, uh, I believe it was in Simon's rev- not reveal, but like his first scene really where he drops all the rings and the, and one ring is the last one to fall roll them all. Oh, implying yeah. that he rolled a one. And that's why he fails and everyone attacks him after that. Uh, I got a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, um, my, my B and C characters, though, that stood out for me, were, yeah. uh, I got a good look at them. Sophia Lillis and Hugh Grant both were mm-hmm. so good uh, yes. at their characters. I thought that they both delivered really well. You know, you know, Hugh Grant is just so charming. He makes perfect sense in that role as a, as a easy guy because he's likable, man. He's just likable. One day I'll and stop being surprised that he's so good. I know. I know. And then Sophia Lillis, uh, I didn't know she was in this movie and she really came out of nowhere. And I thought she added a, a very nice dynamic and a fun uh, element to this team uh, mm-hmm. that I did not expect because I had not really seen that character in the trailers. Yeah, I, I remembered her after the movie had started. I was like, oh, because because specifically that scene where she goes, spoiler alert, through a portal and she like tilts in and like the camera does a weird tilt. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that scene in the movie in the trailers now. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's amazing. You know, we we first saw her when we reviewed uh, It and It Chapter 2 uh, a few years back. And um, it's great to see her still uh, still getting uh, some really fun roles. Um, she is great here as well. Um, she has a real, I don't, I don't know what the right word. She just kind of, she comes across like an old soul. And she has since, I mean, that was true in It as well. But um, she just seems like she's 30 years older than she is. Yeah, she um, seems like she's she's been through some stuff and, and knows her way around the world. Only 21, though. Wow. But amazing. she really commands a scene. Like, you know, she does a good job of making you pay attention whenever she has the, the screen. Everybody does. But I mean, mm-hmm. again, I was really drawn to her performance watching the movie. Yeah. But, uh, I'll agree as well, though. Hugh, hilarious. Chris Pine was really funny throughout this movie as well. Um, and so was Michelle Rodriguez. Honestly, it was a very funny movie. And I really appreciate yes. that they that they weren't afraid to use humor. I also compare it to Guardians in that sense, because by going heavy on like wit and a little bit of comedy, I think it helps the per the the fan, the person who's coming in without much knowledge mm-hmm. feel like they're a part of it too. Right. If it was really insular and serious and it was all like it was very lore heavy, I think it'd be a turnoff for people who don't know anything about it, but because you can get in on, Oh, you know, this is, these aren't the, you know, perfect, super, super warriors. These are like kind of regular people that I can relate to. And they, 
they trip and they, you know, they, you know, they F up and they, you know, they accidentally ask five questions when they didn't mean to. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And every, you know, every, basically every real D and D campaign is a, is a hodgepodge of different characters with different skill sets. You typically start out at really low levels. So you're all not very good. Uh, so it really made it also feel like, you know, not an expert level game. Uh, if mm -hmm. it, it made it, it helps show, I think, non-players the fun that it can be uh, versus, I think, one of the older stereotypes of it just kind of being a lot of reading and uh, no real playing. That's just, that's not really how it is. Mm. And yeah, that, that I think was... the dangers this movie could have fallen into is like, you know, D&D, &D, while it's still on a resurgence, which is like really popular now compared to what it normally has been, could have been like, uh, you know, I bet that if you go, I don't know anything about the 2000s movie. But I bet if you go back and watch it, it's probably really campy, really dorky, really trying to make fun of the fantasiness of it. And I think this one embraces that fantasy element yeah. of it in a way that is really positive. And it doesn't get involved in the mechanics of the game. And I mm -hmm. think that could have been a weight on it if they get to like, you got to roll the dice. Like there's, you know, they give it subtle for people who know. And if you don't know, then you don't get the joke and that's fine. It's not a hindrance. Um, it's kind of in that sense, it made me think of Jumanji, the modern day Jumanji's without the backstory of the games. You just right. kind of got into the fantasy elements and you knew you kind of understand the general like in D&D &D, it's a quest. But honestly, I think D&D &D is just a helping marketing point. I think you could have just called this movie Honor Among Themes and it would have been a really good fantasy movie by itself. And I think that's the key as its core is that this is just a good fantasy movie. And it uses certain elements of D&D, &D, but I think it could just stand alone without the D&D. &D, and that also is good. I agree. This is a good, um, I think that, um, you know, I've, I've seen some of the fan rate, I've seen some of the ratings coming out and the critics reviews coming out. And I think if you're a fan of D&D, &D, hopefully this is, this, this, you're going to love this because it means you're going to get more and they're taking it. They're having fun and they're taking it seriously at the same time. And they're trying to make a good film out of it. Um, I think this, you know, I would be surprised to find out that maybe people didn't like this because um, uh, it was a blast. This might be my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, I agree and I, I look forward to another one. And I, 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 I'm intrigued by any idea they want to go with it. If they want to continue with these characters, if they wanted to do a new campaign with a different setting, because, I mean, based on my understanding, there's a ton of different backgrounds and settings and things that you can, you know, that D&D has created over the last 50 years or however long it's been going 40 years, whatever. Um, this so, has you know, the potential to be options. Avengers level and crossover I'll, down I'll the line. You, and I'll tell you what, I did look at the reviews for the 2000 movie and one person called it the second worst movie of the year 2000. So um, it was not liked at all. People said it was super boring. Man, I wonder what their most, what the, what the, number Oh, I can like. tell you what it was. Hang on. It was uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You, you guys keep going. Okay. Um, yeah. Josh, it, what were some of the Easter eggs? You talked about some of them, but like, what were some of the ones that you were able to pick up on as somebody that is more involved in the game than David or me? Well, so a lot of it, I felt like I could just follow the story pretty well, just knowing the standard kind of setup of a D&D campaign. I felt like it really followed it. Um, there's always weird side quests you know, like digging up the the bodies of soldiers and asking them questions. Uh, that's definitely a thing 
that you would have to do to get to the next step of something. So all these fun little weird side quests they had to do that felt like a, a direct um, call out to how the game works. And then just a lot of pieces of, of, uh, for example, that, that like jelly cube they got caught in. That's a real thing. Uh, that was kind of cool to uh, see on the, screen. The mimic box. I've heard yeah. of that. Um, a lot of the spells were spells that you can cast in the, in the game that are like, um, in the book, you can read about them. Um, when Hugh Grant, uh, dropped Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine into the floor that turned into like quicksand, that's like a real, um, magical, like a cursed item or something. Um, so there's a lot of things like that that I was like, okay, I've, I've heard of some of these things. I also saw, so if you pay attention, maybe we've already seen it, but if you pay attention during the games scene, you will see that they're up against two other teams. And one of those teams is made up of a group that looks exactly like the cast of the Dungeons and Dragons animated series from like a long, long time ago. They're wearing their costumes and stuff. So there's kind of like a Easter egg of one of the other major Dungeons and Dragons adaptations, which that's kind of cool. Um, they're the ones that actually make it to the cage. So if you, if you watch, you'll see them. Um, so I found that movie, by the way. So Steve Biodrowski of Mania.com back in the year 2000 said, if it weren't for the movie Lost Souls, this would be a strong contender for worst film of the year. I looked up Lost Souls. It's a Winona Ryder movie um, in which a small group of Roman Catholics believe Satan intends to make himself into a human. And then uh, I have not read beyond that. But that does sound really bad. Lost but... Souls. And then in February of 2010, readers of Empire voted Dungeons and Dragons the 39th worst film of all time. Of all time. Of all time. So I'm thinking a a, a, re, a watch is, is we should check that out. You know what? That yeah, could be fun. I think it. I think it has a 10 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not good. Oh, God. So it could be really fun. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, back to back to D and D. Back to D and D, the good one. Back to honor among thieves. <laughs> no, David, I I think you're. I put it in our Discord. I was talking about. I think that they can set up a lot of very interesting setups because I do think that you know I'm very interested to see how uh, another campaign with these characters because mm -hmm. they did a good job of building them, and so I think they were successful in that. And I agree that I think that you can build a nice little fun fantasy world. Um, of D&D campaigns with different characters. Josh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many different types of characters there are in D&D that people can play, but I'm sure even you you can have uh, a similar character to one of these just played differently um, mm -hmm. from a different perspective. Or yeah, you could have, you could um, have a wizard who's more of the lead character or something, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. or more powerful or, or you know, uh, I don't know. I'm sure that you can set up a dynamic where it works and you can set up something totally different, but connected to this franchise. And I would go see that too, because this one did a really good job of laying mm -hmm. some groundwork for potential more. And I'm and very excited for what they can do. It's hard to say at this point, but I do think that there's going to be an attachment to these characters by, you know, more casual fans. I think that if you're a casual fan and say you walked in, see Dungeons and Dragons, you know, uh, part you know two and chris pine and all these other characters running in it you'd be like what, what happened where, where the where the where the characters from the last one go they, there'd be some confusion there i think so you know they have options though they can do a lot of different things and there is going to be a, a tv series it's already been picked up i think that's going to be on i didn't know that paramount plus i think there's going to yes. be like a, a, a related not necessarily 
um, these characters, but you know, something like that. I, 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 I let me look that up again. Listen, if you, I'm just going to say this because the more we talk about this, the more I'm intrigued. So if you are a dungeon master and are interested in doing a so many sequels campaign, you know, you can follow us on our <laughs> social media platforms and talk to us and maybe you can talk to us. Yeah. I don't know if I'm there yet, but I bet I could be talked into it. So. Yeah. So yeah, so. here it is. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Um, uh, yeah, so a spinoff television series has been picked up, uh, ordered straight to series for Entertainment One and Paramount Pictures. And so it's going to, in theory, go straight to Paramount Plus with an eight-episode uh, run. Hmm. Well, I hope they embrace the same kind of uh, fun that the movie did. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't, because I think that's the right tone. I think this, I think this movie hit the right tone. Yeah. And I, and I would like to see more um stories with these characters i think i think there's oh, still please. i think there's still more to see from them with a ton of opportunity to introduce new ones along the way um do we want to talk about maybe some favorite parts of the movie want to get into spoilers a little bit here yeah let's do it what go, what, go ahead so what have? I'll, I'll let one of you guys bring up the cameo that we're all want to talk about but i also really love that big pudgy dragon that was the big uh, that was how dragon I was great it It reminded me of a certain two-year-old that i know um uh yeah because he uh he was like the way he was like sliding down the treasure he wasn't running he would just like let himself just slide down that was uh quite funny to me Uh, and um that whole sequence was really great them trying to get away them hithering and dithering and all that and uh that was a good one uh you know thanks saving edgin i didn't really learn these names very well so i've got them pulled up so i'll remember uh, that was all, you know, I, I love that whole sequence. The dungeon and dragon part was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed um, the owl bear. Oh, <laughs> man. That's what I was going to. I was going to let you bring oh. up the cameo. Oh, man. Owl bear. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Equally, I love the owl bear. I loved the, the little, it was kind of like. Um, Why are you ever I don't know. not an owl bear, Sophia? Right. Exactly. I liked the little, it was like a, a boss fight at the end or wherever it was with the owlbear fought. And uh, it might, it reminded me of like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the anime, the anime, oh. anime the, uh, thing in uh, Mortal Kombat where you can morph into an animal and fight oh. as an animal. <laughs> that was what I, that's where my whim, anamorphous or something. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. they call it. In some form of Mortal Kombat, you can morph into an animal and fight as it. And that's what made me think of, but done well not mortal Kombat. oh wait wait you're talking about there's a there's a video game like mortal Kombat, but you morph into animals no 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 in mortal Kombat. oh in mortal Kombat, part where they like turn into animals and fight and that's part of it's part in some of the games i get you now i get you now so yeah yeah they did that but well with the owl bear owl bear great what a fun concept yeah yeah it was cool uh and that that cameo that we've been hinting at is a really, really fun scene with Bradley Cooper, uh, who plays Marleman, uh, a halfling, and Holga's ex, mm-hmm. ex-lover or something. Um, I, I had to double take a few times to, to make sure that was Bradley Cooper, because it just didn't make sense to me that he would be in this. Yeah, it was also like, I was like, because he was small, it was like, is it Bradley Cooper? <laughs> like he looks thin. Like this looks like a really thin Bradley Cooper for some reason. Yeah. But I think my entire audience did the exact same thing where we all went, Oh, he's kind of looks like Bradley Cooper. And then there was like a kind of a beat and then everybody kind of goes, 
is that Bradley Cooper? It looks like, you know, and then by, by the end of it, we're all just loving it. You know, by the end, we're all just loving the, 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 the this, this fun moment. And he was funny. He was funny and good. And uh, it was a really uh, interesting, interesting appearance. So yeah, apparently his parts were filmed uh, well after the fact uh, his cameo was kind of a late addition that they had always hoped that they, that they could get him and then they did. And so they just like added him in. So he's mm-hmm. not, He's not even really talking to Michelle Rodriguez. No, no, it's movie all green magic. screen. Movie, movie magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, it's the it's magic good. of the movies. Uh, somehow, heart play, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. It does. We're nearing. We're nearing the conversation that we need to have. By the way, we won't get there just yet, but we're nearing the conversation that we we have to have. Oh my! I think you're the only one that knows what conversation that is. How could you not know? I don't know. How could you not know? You're the one who know. told me. I did. You're the one. Garrett is. He's the one who forewarned me. Oh, genuinely don't remember. Oh, got to be kidding me, guys. In the in the in the year of our Lord, April of 2023, these fools had the nerve to welcome me back to the movie theater again. Oh, and not only that, not only that, they called us heroes for doing. Yeah, heroes for seeing a movie in a theater. I, I, you gotta I, be kidding me. I will say I did cringe really hard at the hero talk. You gotta be oh, kidding me. I did cringe really yeah. hard at that. It, it is. Was I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. And and Josh, you made a fair point in our Discord when Garrett first showed first showed us that he he warned me that it was gonna happen. And so I already had my head in my hands as they came up on screen. You. So Josh said, most the average person only sees two movies a year, really two or three movies a year. And you know what? That is totally fair. But I'm gonna say this fervently right now okay say if dungeons and dragons is your first movie back in theaters you're an a-hole all right i don't like you we're not not friends this is the first time you've been back to the theaters since 2020 dungeons and dragons honor among thieves we're not friends you that's the hottest take of all time right there in the show history i think but you know i i don't even i can't even fault you because you know you're right if 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 this movie is someone's first movie back, they probably would not be your friend. That's true. Why is this the first time you're going back to the theaters? Of all the things. You missed Top Gun, things. you missed Avatar, you missed everything. You missed so many things. And I'll tell you what, I, I Kali, it's like it's like it heard me. It's like the it's like the universe heard me last week when I so, was so glad Keanu didn't welcome me back. And so they got Chris Pine and all these fools up there, like, hey, you're the real heroes for coming and paying, you know. Eight dollars a person to sit here and watch this movie in a black. It was black too thing. much. It was. It was too, too many much. people. It was too many. Too many. Like the verbiage is what got me. Like the way they welcomed me back was like silly, and I was like, "Come on, come on!" Like, no. I, yeah. it's not, I'm not going to dog. Give you me a it. new Nicole Kidman sequel. I don't want any more welcome back movies. I want a new AMC's Nicole Kidman sequel. That's, what That's I, I'm honestly surprised it's still going. They told us they were making a new one. They promised all that a new time one ago this year. What I do wonder on? when when will what will be the last movie to welcome us back? One day it will just stop, and I wonder who will be the last one. <laughs> I know, and and we will we have even gone and seen it. You know, and will we have even seen it? That is true. That is true. you know. I just even if they wanted to just do like a preview like if they want they just come in and said hey you know you're about to watch honor among thieves and we really think you're gonna love it you know get some popcorn before it starts or something like that that'd be fine i, I think but like no, no. A, a turning point for me is gonna be if uh 
next year when Mission Impossible comes out, if Tom Cruise does it again, if he if it's gone on long enough for his second movie to <laughs> it, since the pandemic to do it, then that will be a problem yeah. for me. It's such that's an eye roll for me. That's the, I know, that's, the, that's the jump to shark moment. I know that I'm like one, I'm like I'm like the only person in the world who has I think seemingly has expressed this as an issue, but uh it, it, it's just it was like a thing that i just went like you know what i'm kind of tired of that and now it's just been exacerbated every three months there's a new one who's like welcome back to the theater seeing movies the way they're supposed to be seen i could have seen did. 65 at home that would have been fine anyway, yeah 65 was a stream 65 smile would have been fine at home anyway uh <laughs> that's my beef let's talk about anything else or we want to get into fair. some box office I, we can I do think- that I think we can get into the box office. Um, just overall, I think we're we're really pleased with the movie. We're really pleased. Had a blast. Highly recommend it. We'll we'll what, get our official reviews here in a minute. Or rankings, yeah, I should say. What are the what's the opening weekend numbers look like? So you know it's doing pretty well. It's opened uh, the the early estimate right now is for the weekend of uh, uh, March 29th uh, or 30th, whatever it was, uh, is 38.5, and that number may fluctuate between now and tomorrow, uh, and which is uh, you know, not as high as, you know, uh, it's not like a mega huge number, but it's pretty good for essentially a new franchise. Um, and uh, it was good enough to knock John Wick 4 down to number two in its second week. John Wick 2 brought in 28.2 this weekend, um, which is still, I mean, that's still good. Um, and the number three spot is His Only Son, brought in 5.5. Uh, number four was Scream 6 and number five, Creed 3. So it you know so it came in it's got a lot of other movies that people could go see made 38.5 maybe by the end of the weekend will might be 39 we'll see um but uh that's about it i i thought about looking up dungeons and dragons 2000 to compare but i'm not sh- not sure what that would be i imagine it didn't do i imagine it did a lot worse yeah um, I imagine dungeons and dragons 2000 made oh well, there you go Dungeons and Dragons worldwide full run made 33 million back in 2000. So this thing's already off to a great start in comparison to that other movie. Anyway, that's a, that's it. You know, uh, uh, that's going to be good enough to put it um, towards the middle of the pack so far this year amongst other movies. And we'll see how it finishes on to the letterbox game. Yes. Yes. I got some reviews here from letterbox, the letterbox community to share with everybody. Um, we've got <laughs> three and a half stars. So this is what goes through Will Byers' head. You gotta be a Stranger Things fan to get that one. Uh, but I like it. Uh, you got, <laughs> this is a shots fired. This is a shots fired one. Three and a half stars. This is what Marvel thinks it is. Ooh. Yeah. It's true. If you put the Marvel Studios logo on the front of this, people would go, yeah, this fits. Uh, four stars i want at least 10 more D D movies this is a demand mm-hmm. uh and for good and, review uh four stars this went so fucking hard for no reason and finally yeah. four stars i bestow upon this film the greatest honor i have movie i will put on while doing things around the house <laughs> there you go there you great go, background great. movie that's great, great. background that, movie it's great when you've already seen the movie not great yeah. for new. Not great for a movie you haven't seen. Yet. Well, no, 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 no. My wife would disagree with did me ever, about that. 
Did you ever go watch that Pale Blue Eye movie that you said was going to be good that I told no, you was I, bad? I haven't got around to it. I never said it was going to be good. I just said I don't think you can judge it when you didn't actually watch it. That's why I want you to go watch it and tell I me will, I was right. I will go. I, I, I plan to do it at some point. It's a 2020 movie. It's a 2022 movie. So I, I'm trying to focus on new movies. That said, I haven't watched That's anything fair. other than what we've done for the podcast. It's good to it's it's good to watch a, a throwback like a 2022 film every now and then. It's true. Uh, I want to. I would. I will eventually try to get around to that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, based on those few little fun reviews, where are we thinking the letterbox community has landed? on Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves in its first few days of opening. Mm. 3.8. Ooh, 3.8. That's a good guess. That is a good guess. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3.6. Mm. I'm going to say 3.5. Just in case okay. it's lower. I don't think it's going to be in 3.9 or higher. I'd be surprised. As a, as a tiebreaker, we'll do Dungeons 2000, Dungeons 2000, maybe. Fair enough. Okay. Moment of truth. <laughs> well, uh, we, were, we will need that tiebreaker. Oh, uh, there you go. It is a 3.7 right between your uh, six and, and Garrett's eight. There you go. 3.7. Hey, you know what? That's a good, that's a good rating so far. It is a good I, rating. I support that. Good rating. I support that. So, Josh, I think that means the honors go to you on looking up the uh, yeah, yeah Dungeons and Dragons 2000. I can do that real quick. Dungeons and Dragons 2000. <laughs> we know nothing about it, but I know I've it's got it out. here. Um, oh, Jesus! I was going to read through some of the. <laughs> oh man! Oh, <laughs> uh, these. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Can you not read any of them? Oh, do you want me? To, I will. Um, yeah, read a few. Read a few. A half star. Jeremy Irons was once asked why he did this film, and he responded with the fact that he just he had just bought a castle and needed to pay it off somehow. <laughs> a half star. There is no god. <laughs> oh, no. I don't oh, understand no. this one because I haven't seen it, but. One star, this is then this is a new review. This is literally Shazam Fury of the Gods. Oh, interesting. Uh similar one, plot, I imagine. <laughs> one and a half stars. Jeremy Irons rolled for acting and got a natural 20. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's great. Um I think that's good. To, um, that's yeah, a, that's it. That's it. That's a lot of half stars. Most of the other and ones I know, people wrote way too much. And we already know it's a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So you do, you do know I that, have. So. I have no idea. This might be the most challenging guess we've ever done, Garrett. Um, One point three. I think it's low. I think it's super low. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna say, and even I'm gonna say 1.1. 1. 1. No, because uh, I don't want to risk another tie. Uh, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm going to say 1.0. Okay, we got 1.0 and 1.3. Yeah. Okay. We do have a winner. You would, we would not have needed a tiebreaker if you had picked your original guess, uh, David. Uh, the winner is Garrett with 1.5 is the Oh, there you game. go. Uh, 1.5. So uh, I don't know if we do want to watch that after all. <laughs> It sounds like, honestly, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun if we were all, if we were watching it together. 
it Maybe. could be less so, i mean less so by ourselves in our lonely rooms i think Je- yeah. jeremy irons and marlon wayans might be the only people in this movie i've heard of and i i read one i was reading through those reviews and one of them said that marlon wayans is performance is borderlines on racist oh no <laughs> that's unfortunate it is so garrett that is his uh i think third win of the year climbing the train man no it's number four there you go four that didn't wins. make sense you don't climb a train <laughs> climb going further up the train <laughs> i don't even know climbing the no. social ladder climbing the social climbing the letterbox ladder Climbing something. Uh, all right. We, it's the moment of truth now. We got to give our final final letterbox scores for D&D. I don't mind because I started off with the 3.5. It was still is really good, uh, yeah. but this conversation made me realize that the time and the experience was all, all merrier, and I added another half star in there, so it's a four-star movie for me. Right. I agree. I agree. Four stars, but that as of right now, this is, I think, my favorite movie of the year. Well, I also agree with that. We are going to make this a very easy score then, because I'm also going to go with a four. Uh, yeah, I, think I don't know a four star movie. I don't know what would have pushed five, honestly, but um, uh, it's hard to say. But you know what? Maybe D and I would have had to have cry. I would have had to have cry. Like, yeah, I would have had to feel some other emotion other than like, yeah. oh my god, this is so much fun. Yeah, great crowd though. My crowd loved laughing and and cheering it was great i had a good crowd too all right well that is uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves we've got a whole month of game night, game night. Ahead. uh speaking of the the i can't believe this didn't come up the directors of this movie are the same directors of game night uh the uh wow jason bateman um yeah uh, rose Bank? rose or is it Rosie Perez? I don't know. But Game Night is a great is a great movie uh, that is also board game based. Uh, mm. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, not Rose, not Rose. Uh, very funny movie. I think it's on Netflix. Um, but they they were the directors of that and um, were also some of the writers of Spider Man No Way Home. Oh, there you go. so I learned that today. Very cool. Uh, but we've got more game movies coming up. Like I said, yeah. uh, we've got, we've got, a another, at least one more brand new one coming. Uh, if you check the calendar, you might have a guess as to what that is. And then we got a cut, we got some old favorites mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about too this month. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube. So you get all those episodes when they come out. Um, and of course you can go to so many sequels.com and find all our past episodes there, as well as links to our social media. Uh, and then finally, patreon.com slash so many sequels. You can support us there and get access to our Discord where you can chat with us about movies and other fun stuff. So go check out all that stuff. Uh, we would appreciate it. And uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> we'll see you all next time.